Hi guys, it's me. Long time no chat. I literally can't believe I'm doing this. I am so excited. Um, welcome to Bathroom Talks. These originally started out as just lighthearted, funny stories on my Instagram um, where I talked about photography stories and heated social topics. Um, I took about a year hiatus from Instagram. I deleted the whole thing. All my followers were gone. And I decided in the fall that I was ready to be on it again. I wanted to show off my kids. <laughs> and I have really stopped doing photography for the most part. I do it here or there for my friends and family and stuff. But nowhere near like I used to. Um, so I needed something to channel my feelings into and my energy into. And this felt like the right thing. So here I am uh, making a podcast. I can't even begin to tell you how many times people have asked me to do this. So... I hope it lives up to the hype. If you guys hear babies or kids in the background, it's because we have babies and kids. So it is what it is. Um, but are y'all ready? Okay, you guys, let's get started with today's episode. Today's episode is going to be about divorce and crazy dating stories and breakups and all those things. Um, on the episode today, I have Sienna and I have Kennedy, two of my really good friends who have both previously been divorced. Sienna was married for seven years and then got divorced and is now, sorry, six years, not seven years. It was almost seven. Yeah. Okay. So we were close. Um six, seven-ish years, um, got divorced, is now a single mom to three. Um, my friend Kennedy was married for four years, got divorced, is now remarried, and has like a one-and-a-half-month-old baby girl. Um, so I'm going to let them both kind of give you a short introduction to both of them, and then we will get started into their stories. So this is Sienna. Hey, I'm Sienna. Um I was, yep, just as Joss said, I was married for almost seven years. Um, I'm originally from Portland, Oregon, and uh, now I'm a Utah transplant. <laughs> I have three boys that I love. Um, I am a huge fitness enthusiast. I love reading, and I actually play piano um, in my spare time. So that's just a little bit about me. Your turn, Ken. Uh, my name's Kennedy. As Josh said, I was married for four years uh, prior to my current marriage to Cameron. Uh, we have a one-month-old daughter named Parker who's asleep on my chest right now. Um, I am originally from Texas. That's actually where I met Jocelyn. We went to, we didn't go to high school together, but we knew each other in high school. Um, I grew up dancing in high school. I love animals, my family, and I am definitely a Potterhead for sure. <laughs> Another reason we're friends. Um, okay, so we are going to talk a little bit, just give you a little insight into um, both of their experiences with divorce. Um, Sienna actually has a podcast. It's called Six Years In, and it's about to come out. It's all about her divorce. So if you want like all the juicy details, you should definitely listen to that because she didn't leave anything out. Um, it's super good. And I 
will also be on that one. So if you want to hear my voice even more, <laughs> you can check out that podcast too. Because um, <laughs> I'm sure all of you are here specifically for that. <laughs> um, but Sienna, um, we are going to call her ex-husband Nathan. So Sienna was married to Nathan and Kennedy was married to Edward. So we're going to get started. I'm going to ask them, you know, basic questions. Give me the lowdown. And then we're going to get reading some of your submissions and some Reddit stories and all the crazy things. Um, okay, so Sienna. <laughs> okay, so I just have some basic questions for you. I guess, I guess maybe give us a little bit of insight as to like why you're divorced why you and your husband are no longer married to each other um you can keep it brief so that they can go listen to your podcast but <laughs> just give us like a little bit of insight okay let's see oh gosh the spark notes like answer to this question uh okay i'm gonna be really straightforward it's because of infidelity and on his part <laughs> not, on <Yeah>. hers. not <laughs> mine <laughs> I feel like I have to clarify. Yeah, dude. Um, it's because of infidelity. And uh, and I would say beyond that, also just a lot of lying. Um, and then, you know, just I think every marriage has problems. And so those things really made the normal things much worse. And so we just had some differences that couldn't be resolved because of because of the infidelity. Yeah. So. Craziness. Yeah. So my big, my next big question for you is when exactly did you know your marriage was over? Because I think a big thing with you specifically in, I mean, we've been friends since you got married for a really long time. And a big, big thing throughout it was why did she stay which is what the name of this podcast is actually like it's called i would leave um because i think that's the stigma of it but it's not that simple it's not as black and white so my question for you is like when for you did you finally not maybe decide your marriage was over because i think maybe that moment happened a long time before you actually left because you really did try to hold your family together which right i applaud you for but I guess my question is for you is when did you know you were ready to be done and like what was kind of the nail in the coffin for that? I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, That is the stigma for sure. The stigma is I would leave. Like there's no way I could do what she's doing. And I know that there were so many people who felt this way. Um, I heard that all the time, not directly from people, (laughs) but through the grapevine. (laughs) Oh, yeah. People love to talk. Oh, yeah, dude. Um, So that's the stigma. I would say I knew. So to answer your question, I knew the reason that my podcast is called Six Years In is because it was right around that six-year marker that I knew that the relationship needed to end. I was a little bit in denial for a while because I I had just found out that I was pregnant and, uh, you know, that we'll go into that in my podcast. But um, basically, I, it was his baby. <laughs> yeah, let's clarify. <laughs> she just assumes that everyone's going to know this. Sienna, Sorry. I did not. Sienna was very faithful in her marriage. I promise. 
Yeah, so his baby, I, it was an accidental pregnancy, and but I knew that the relationship needed to end. So it was very conflicting, but that was when I knew. There were definitely times when I thought I wanted to leave, and I made attempts, and I actually talk about that in my first episode. So my teaser episode is being released, um, and like I don't have a date yet, but you know. You guys got to listen to this. It, it, listen. I know some of you that are listening know exactly who this girl is. And I know that some of you want those juicy details. If you want all the truth, all the details, yes. you've got to go listen to her podcast because yes. it seriously gives it all. Yeah, so it basically goes over the first attempt to leave. That's what the episode's called. And um, they say that it takes, on average, three to seven attempts for someone to leave a relationship of this nature. Especially, yeah, specifically an abusive one. And so uh, this was my first attempt to leave. And uh, I talk a lot about that in the episode and kind of go in depth. But basically, um, there were times when I, what you would quote, quote unquote call, attempted to leave. But I really didn't decide and I didn't like know within me with conviction that it was time to leave until we'd been married for six years. Yeah. And I feel like... I feel like there's just, yeah, that's why I named that this episode that because I just feel like it's so easy when you're not in this situation to be like, he cheated, I would leave, but it's just not that simple. It's just not black and white like that. And I think it's unfair to like say that you would do that when you literally haven't been in the situation ever. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I guess like my next and sort of final question for you in regards to your own divorce, because I do want people to learn more from your podcast. But um, I guess this is kind of probably too big of a question to ask, but I'll just have you say whatever you feel like is the best thing to say. But what is like the biggest lesson that you feel like you learned through all of this? Like what is something that you've taken away that you're just like, yeah, that was a really important lesson. I'm really happy to have walked away with this knowledge, even though the situation was really terrible and it was really difficult and life is never easy, but sometimes life is just so hard in certain situations like this one, being a single mom and et cetera. And like, what was just something that you feel like you walked away from that you're like, okay, this is a good thing. Like, I'm glad that I walked away with this knowledge. That's a really tough question. That's a tough question. I think I would probably... I, if I can, I think I would say two things, not yeah, just one. Absolutely. I think the first thing is that, and this is something that I hit on a lot on the, in the first episode too, but I, I, I really think that um, if I could go back, I wouldn't have stayed for my kids. So let me elaborate on that really briefly. Basically, um, after my first attempt to leave, I stayed because I didn't want my kids or my kid at the time my son to have to grow up in a split up home I didn't have a background of divorce like I didn't have any experience with it my parents are still married um and so I just the unknown really scared me and I wanted something I I wanted what I had from in that sense the traditional marriage for my son for my kids so I stayed for the kids and I wish that I could go back and not do that I just I think if I could tell someone, um, like, don't stay for the kids, like, that's that's one of my biggest lessons that I learned. Um, 
that's something that I would definitely tell someone is if you are literally only in it for your children, um, I actually think I would argue that you're doing them a disservice. Yeah. And, uh, and then the second thing that I've learned <laughs> is that I don't, I, I have some opinions about um, the way that society pressures people to make certain decisions before they get married. And by those decisions, like certain decisions, I, I mean like moral decisions. Um, I feel like... Say it, girl. <laughs> Just say it. Give the people the truth. I know she's giving me the eyes like, am I allowed to say this? Girl, this is a PG-13 podcast. <laughs> Um, I just think that we, as a society, especially in the, like, I think we're all LDS members. Um, I think that it's pushed really hard not to make certain decisions before you marry. And there's a lot of pressure. And I would say, like, I'll just be honest, like, I, living together and having sex. Yeah, living yeah. together and having sex. And um, I'm not going to say that, like, our marriage would have been different if we had had sex before like i'm not gonna say that but uh i just think that one of my biggest takeaways from the divorce you know because that's what you asked is that like sex is so important in a marriage it is like so important and it it really i think is misleading the message that's being sent to people in cultures and religions that you need to save yourself for marriage and i'm not saying there's any problem with saving yourself for marriage like i don't think there's anything wrong with that i just think that my takeaway from my marriage is that sex is so important and if there are problems in the bedroom like there's gonna be problems outside of the bedroom right there's gonna be problems outside of the bedroom and it's gonna be and so like the fidelity the infidelity didn't happen because of the problems in the bedroom but if if i had you know if those things had happened prior to the marriage i think that that the marriage itself would have honestly been better and i think i don't know that it even would have happened (laughs) no no but but less in a way where you're saying that it wasn't good or whatever it's more just like the lack of communication the lack of taking direction the lack of emotion exactly like exactly it just wasn't we uh, people jive in certain ways with certain people in with sex and like it wasn't that we didn't have amazing times. We did. I mean, we have three kids, you know? Like, <laughs> at least three of the times. <laughs> we did it three times, you guys. Girlfriend. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, so statistically, no. Actually, it, it, I'm just saying, yeah, what you said about the communication, it's yeah. like there's so much that goes into intimacy. And sex yeah. is huge for sure like and sex is important to me yeah and everyone has to kind of decide what's important to them yeah yeah and and i think so i just think saying like a blanket just having a blanket rule for everyone like oh you shouldn't have sex before you get married is just not accurate yeah it's just not because for some people sex is 
so important. And like we, my, basically my takeaway is just that I don't believe that anymore. I don't believe that like, I'm not saying that there's a problem with being a virgin on your wedding night. Yeah. I think for the right person, it works. For the right couple, it works. Yeah, absolutely. But it doesn't work for everyone. It's not a good blanket guideline. Yeah, yeah. So those are my biggest takeaways. Well, that's awesome. Those are those are great lessons <laughs> to have learned, for sure. Um, okay, so I want to move to Kennedy's story a little bit. Then we can get into more of like all the drama of other people's mm-hmm. drama, because we prefer yes. to talk about that. So um, anyway. Yeah, for real. <laughs> We're here for other people's drama. Okay, so Kennedy, um, I'll let her touch on this a little bit more. Kennedy and Sienna are both people who got divorced, but I would say they're pretty different um, in a lot of ways. And I think it's funny because it would be almost the opposite way for Kennedy that it was for Sienna, where people with Sienna are like, oh my gosh, I would have left. And with Kennedy, I just remember when she was going through this, there was a lot of like, what will people think of me? Will they think I gave up? Like, yeah. will they think I like got divorced because I wasn't putting enough effort in? Because there wasn't that like necessarily that like cheating or abuse or, or things like that. Um, it was just different. And so I wanted to have the two people on the podcast because I felt like they both gave similar but different um, kind of experiences. And just to clarify, I think that it's ridiculous if someone tries to insinuate that you gave up because you got divorced, because I think that could not be further from the truth. Um, So Kennedy, we are going to talk with her a little bit about Edward. (laughs) Um, Okay, so you guys were married for four years before getting divorced. Um, I guess without like, with sharing what you're comfortable with, um, I kind of want to know, similar to Sienna, like when you felt like the marriage ended and, and sort of why, cause I think people know why Sienna's ended as she clarified, but kind of the same along the same lines, like why it ended and just sort of like when you kind of knew it was over. Um, I think that's a really hard, it's, it's not black and white. Like you've been saying, I think for me, in the beginning of my marriage, there were red flags right away. Um, but they were red flags to where I thought that we could work through them. I thought that it would be, you know, divorce never really crossed my mind, I guess, until the very end. I guess my divorce kind of happened pretty quickly, I'd say, maybe compared to yours a little bit. Just that yours was over time and, you know, you thought about leaving multiple times when, in my case, it wasn't really that I thought about leaving right away. It was more at the end, kind of like, honestly, right after our four-year anniversary where I was like, okay, I can't do this anymore. I can't feel like I don't matter to somebody anymore. I can't feel like just because I'm worried about what other people will think, I can't sacrifice my happiness for that in a way. So I think that's kind of when I knew was more at the end, right when it all happened and went down versus you know, at the very beginning when I thought we could work through things. Clarification, Sienna, um, from the time she separated from Nathan to the time she was actually divorced from him was like over a year. And with Kennedy, from the time she decided to divorce Edward and to the time that they were legitimately divorced was... Like a month or two. Yeah. Kids weren't involved. There wasn't, you know, assets involved, all that stuff. So So 
it wasn't like a yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. they had a business <laughs> they had cars they had yeah. lots of money they had kids they had you know like things you have to separate yeah. um just so that you have that, that like clarification where she's saying it like there wasn't like a a long period of wondering kind of thing um but yeah so i guess tell us why tell us what the people want to know <laughs> i honestly will say i don't think many people know this i don't even think half of my family knows this i don't talk about it often it's not something that i really it's not something that comes up it's not something divorce isn't something that you just talk about you know it's not no it's not sienna would beg to differ (laughs) she wrote a whole damn podcast about it you guys (laughs) but i guess from the beginning um as we've talked about kind of the LDS community, I uh, wouldn't consider myself part of it anymore. But at the time when we first got married, we definitely were. Um, I had kind of um, taken time to get myself to a point where I needed to be to get married in the temple and all of that stuff. And um, yeah. Edward, I almost said it's really. <laughs> oh, yes. Also, Nathan and Edward are fake names, you guys. <laughs> in case you didn't pick up on that. <laughs> Definitely not. Eddie and Nate. So at the beginning of our relationship, I think what kind of drew me to him was that he was a very faithful person. And that was, you know, what his world revolved around was, you know, he was a returned missionary. He he wanted this, you know, life where the LDS church was a part of it. And at the time, I was very young. I was 18 when I got married and he was a couple years older than me. Um... And so I was really young, I was really naive, and I didn't know who I was, I didn't know what I wanted. And so we got married in October of 2020. No, October of 2016. Oh, you're right, 2016. You married your new husband in November of 2020. (laughs) October. Oh, October. Wrong husband! (laughs) Back it up! (laughs) October, okay, so October of... Yeah. <laughs> October of 2016, you married him. October of 2016, we got married in the temple. And that's a important fact here. Um, a few months after that, uh, all of a sudden, really like a whole 360 change. He was like, no, I don't believe in this anymore. I don't want to be a part of it. I don't want anything to do with it. Which really hit me hard because I'd had already personal relationships such as you know my parents who have had issues like this already so I he he knew that that was important to me so when that all happened that was kind of like a first I guess red flag but wasn't something that immediately drew me to the thought of divorce Um, but from there that's kind of when things started and kind of went downhill Um, you know it went from me trying to figure out if I wanted to go to church by myself if I wanted to you know carry this religion into our kids lives when we had kids um it was a very complicated thing and if you're not lds um one thing that's i guess important to say is that this religion can really be your whole identity it really can be something that you it's really hard to let go of when you've been taught something your whole life and then all of a sudden it's just ripped from your marriage or ripped from you know under your feet just as an individual i'm sure it wasn't easy for him at all losing that faith So it was me going back and forth between what I wanted 
Um, but I tried to be a supportive wife. I tried to encourage him to come with me. I tried to say, okay, you know, maybe we won't go to church today. Maybe we'll do what you want. You know, trying to figure yeah. out a balance in between that. And so that just didn't really seem in... There's two sides to every story. So maybe what he, you know, experienced is different from what I experienced. But from my side of things, it didn't feel like he cared so much about that. It didn't feel like he cared that I was trying to figure out a way for us to meet at a middle ground. Um, he was a very bad communicator. He did not speak about his feelings. And I know most, you know, some men don't have the greatest, you know, time with that anyway, but this was to the point where I, I didn't know how he was feeling ever. Um, so part of the reason was the communication. Um, part of the reason was he was very emotionally unavailable for me and I'm a very emotionally needy person, I guess you could say. Um, but I wouldn't say I was asking for too much. I think I was just asking for someone to love me and to, mm -hmm. for my husband to take care of me emotionally when I needed it and it wasn't happening. And I'd never really been in a relationship before where, till now, honestly, that that was happening. So I think most of it was emotionally being unavailable and bad communication and not putting your spouse first was a big part of the reason we got married or divorced. Okay, so one last question for Kennedy and then we'll get into everything else. Um, so... To give us a timeline, and correct me if I'm wrong, Kennedy, you and Edward got divorced in February of 2020, and very soon after that, you met Cameron, mm -hmm. um, like months. I wouldn't even say months. Weeks. Yeah. yeah. Met Cameron on a dating site? Yes, Tinder. <laughs> okay, on Tinder. Tinder. Um, and so that was in February of 2020. 20 mm -hmm. that she got divorced and met her now husband yeah. um and by october of 2020 um they were remarried she was remarried to cameron um so yeah so within like well under a year from being divorced she was married to someone else um so i guess i just kind of want your like how people reacted to that um how that felt um just because I just remember that that being like, I don't know. I didn't. It was weird for everybody. It was weird for me. I guess I didn't really have an issue for with it, but like. But I knew like everything in the background, so I guess I just yeah. it wasn't weird to me. But I guess I'm more asking like I remember you texting me and asking me, like, would it be weird to post a picture with Cameron on your Instagram? Yeah. And I was like, no, he's your boyfriend. Right. <laughs> But, like, it did feel weird because you were, yeah. you had just gotten divorced. Um, and it was, like, the stigma around that and, like, how that felt. And I just kind of want to hear your perspective on that a little bit. Yeah, so, like I said, I didn't really talk about the divorce um, really now or before or during. Um, it wasn't something that I really cared to tell people because I was afraid of what they would, you know, say about me which I guess isn't something anybody should worry about, but it's hard when it's such a stigma, especially here in Utah. Um, so we got, our divorce was finalized in March of 2020. And I started dating my now husband in March of 2020, um, which sounds crazy, but... I don't think um, that sounds crazy, but, but I mean, I guess 
So you're saying there's a stigma. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think so. Yeah. I think there's okay. a stigma between, especially in Utah, you know, when That's you're divorced so and how fast, or, or even not in Utah, just how fast you move on from a breakup. Right. So, uh, but okay, what yeah. most people don't realize or think about, like the way people found out I was divorced was because my name changed on Facebook. Or my mom and dad texted our extended family to let them know, like, hey, this is what's going on. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, because yours was really quick. Okay, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it happened, the process happened very fast, but I think what people forget is that you don't know what's going on behind closed doors. Nobody knows how long this was going on. Oh, I, absolutely. I hadn't had a true, like, relationship with my then-husband for months. Yeah. Maybe even a, maybe even a year, maybe more than that. It, so in my heart what I felt like was that I, I hadn't had a relationship. I hadn't, I was married on paper, right. but I wasn't married emotionally. You know what? I think the reason that I like don't realize about the stigma is because I can relate to that. Yeah. I mean, I, I haven't moved on yet. You know what I'm saying? Well, right. I have moved on. You're not remarried <laughs> I'm yet. I'm not remarried yet. I haven't moved on. <laughs> I absolutely, for the record, have moved on. No. Um... <laughs> <laughs> That's just so laughable. I have moved on. Listen, Nathan. <laughs> She's moved on. You know who you are. I'll get that out. I'll get that out. That's <laughs> no, I, I just think, like, what you're saying resonates with me in the sense that, like, like I can see why you would have moved on yeah. like that. Yeah. I can because I've been divorced. Right. You know? Right. I... Don't you guys think that that's probably more of the people who have the stigma are people who have never been divorced? Yeah. I would say yeah. so. I would say because they, I think you don't understand it fully. And even people that have parents that are divorced, you can't go through it emotionally in the same way that the people that are actually getting divorced go through it. And I think like, I mean, it's the same as literally, literally anything. If you've never had a baby, then you can't really say what it's like to have a baby. Yeah. You can't have opinions on it because you don't know you literally have no idea you have no clue if you've never had one kid if you've never had two kids if you've never had four kids like you can't speak to that because you may know okay you've been through a breakup so you know like what it's like to go through a breakup but this is it's different and so people have these opinions that I think are just so stupid what you just said like it's like you you could stay in a marriage even though you're unhappy and you could be unhappy for a while yeah you know and it's not like a normal breakup where oh i'm unhappy so we're just gonna break up because it's not like that right so you can be unhappy yeah it's not simple you could be unhappy for a while yeah and and you know no one sees that except you like you said the state legally makes you stay married for a certain period of time in case you change your mind um so right and oh, it's yes. it's a different timeline in every state but i know right too with the whole being unhappy thing i think had i not been the one to say i was the one that said hey i want a divorce i can't do this anymore i think had i not been the one to say that i don't know that we would be divorced specifically with your marriage kennedy it didn't seem like either of you were very happy. No. He just literally never told anyone how he felt about anything. Like, literally... He just didn't care about his own emotions. The only thing that he was, like, emotionally even ever, like, open about was the fact that he wanted to leave the LDS church, which... Right. 
is great. I'm glad that he was open about that because he deserves to live a happy life regardless of if it's with the church or not. Like but I said, it was the church or not. Like but. I said, it was his complete identity. That was who he was. That was yeah. He grew up like that. So, like, I get it. It was hard for him, too. Yeah. And I don't have, like, negativity or any hard feelings towards him anymore. And I don't even know that I did right away when it happened. I think we were both just ready to be out of this unhappy marriage and move on with our lives in a way that we wanted to. It was like strangers just being like, mm, we were basically that's roommates. Thing. Yeah, I feel like I feel like with divorce is that a lot of times divorce is like they both want out. Where yeah. I think it, before marriage, it's like usually one person wants it and one person doesn't. Right. You know, but with yeah. marriage, like. That's why the stigma thing is just, it kind of, it's false, right, you know, right. because th- both people can want out, Yeah. you know, and so the moving on fast is like, well, he might not be bothered by it. I mean, you know, your situation yeah. is yours, but yeah. anyway. I think it just is, both people may want out because you've been trying for so long. I think people, I think it's a little bit easier to get out of just a relationship versus a marriage, obviously, but. I think right. that we worked at it, and I think it just comes down to, okay, who's going to say it? Who's who's going to make the move? Who's going to, you know, take the punch? So, Absolutely. Okay, so with all that being said, we are going to get into some stories, and we're just going to discuss them. Just talk about them, talk about what happened. So I have a few listener write-ins that I kind of want um, – to start with, um, one second, let me get to these so that we can start talking about these. Okay, so the first one, so all of these are going to be anonymous just because not everyone wants all their information out to the public like Kennedy and Sienna. <laughs> um, so story number one, are you two ready? So it's going to be the funny part. Okay, well... Scary. Okay, that's my child screaming in the back, you guys. She's so dramatic. Okay. <laughs> okay, this is going to be... Okay, I'm, I'm literally reading now, so if it sounds weird, it's because I'm reading. Okay, this is going to be super long because it was super intense and obviously what I thought was young love. I tried to summarize this the best I can. However, there is still so much that, could be talk- that I could talk about, and this email would be 100 pages long. So throwback to my sophomore year, I had a best friend from another school and her boyfriend at the time was like super good friends with a guy that we went to my school. Like these guys were homies for years, so they kind of helped us start dating. We're going to call this guy Jake. Jake and I started talking around April of 2016 and we started dating shortly after this. This man was a total charmer, especially with my parents. He knew exactly how to win them over and gain their trust. We hung out almost every day that summer. And he met my parents. My parents loved him for me because he was so good to me, or so it seemed. We carried on dating into the beginning of my junior year and his senior year. Everything was going so good until it wasn't. An ex-boyfriend of mine had started a pretty big rumor about me, and it, and it got back to him. And that's when the trust issues and abuse sort of started. We started arguing a lot after this rumor arose, and somehow it was always my fault. And he seemed to believe the rumor more than me, the girlfriend. Anything I did would trigger this man. If I hung out with my friends after school or during lunch, he would get so mad. 
I couldn't play in any sports that year because of his insecurities. Problems carried on for a long time. However, he always found himself fine after some intimacy that was always initiated by him. (laughs) Stuff like that was never something I wanted or when I wanted it. It was all about him. Fast forward to a couple months later, we started running a lot of errands for his parents, almost like three to four times a week. We would have to go to the valley. Um, I'm assuming that this sweet girl means West Valley. <laughs> We're in Utah. I, I'm assuming that's what she means by the valley, but I could be the wrong. Valley? The valley. She would be talking about like West Valley area, right? Yeah, where's she from? Utah, I think. So what part of Utah? Like but this I part of Utah. Some people talk about is this the valley? The valley. Like, okay. I meant like if she's from like Logan or something. Girl, if you listen to this, <laughs> show me a message. Okay. Um, we would have to go to the bank or grocery shopping or literally anything that I would go with him, not knowing that it wasn't actually ever about his parents' errands. This man had a side business of dealing things and never once told me or thought about what would happen if we got caught with me in his vehicle. I never saw the signs until way after we broke up. He would make excuses like, oh, I forgot this in the car. I need to go to the bathroom or I forgot this is the pl- this in the place. I'll be back or whatever. He never once thought about what would happen to me or my future if we ever got caught. His best friend and my friend had broken up at this point and she and I had a falling out and he and I remained pretty close. One day, Jake and I got in a huge argument and I decided it would be best if we if we took a break to figure things out and I was pretty upset about it. And anytime we argued or anything in our daily lives that went wrong, it was literally always my fault. I was always at fault for everything. I ended up confiding in his friend about this and we talked, he talked me through it and also mentioned to me how he didn't understand how I was tolerating so much abuse and all the, his other demons from him, especially when he had so much going on with his baby mama and court. I literally asked his friend what he meant by this, and he assumed I knew about this, which clearly I didn't. This idiot never told me that he had a child that had been born literally one month before we started talking. We were almost together for a year at this point, so I was finding this out like almost a year later. Also came to find out that he had a criminal record for drug dealing and assault, among a whole list of other things, like reckless driving, and the list goes on. This man was a senior in high school, and he had all of this on his record. When his friend was telling me this, I was literally in shock. The man I loved, I say this with air quotes because one, we were young, and I truly don't think I was in love. And although I thought I loved him, I can never forget the damage he gave me. So the man I thought I, quote, loved, was hiding all this these secrets from me, constantly abusing me and taking advantage of me and never mentioning me that he basically had a one-year-old child that he had nothing to do with. When I finally processed this and was able to look at him and confront him about this, I did, but got nothing positive from that conversation. Essentially, he told me that he didn't owe me a life story and that anything he did to me was my fault and were consequences of my own actions. Sorry if you guys hear Bailey yelling in the background. (laughs) After all this BS went down, to learn I had a miscarriage too was a breaking point for myself. What actions would cause someone to abuse their girlfriend and do so much emotional damage to them and blame them miscarrying on them? 
All in all, I'm glad I found my happy ending. It was unfortunate that I had to go through this, all especially at the young age I was. And my parents weren't ever there, but it brought me close to my person and the true love of my life. It shaped me into the woman I am today. You guys, this is the most... She was in high school. She was a sophomore in high school. Listen, sweetie, you said at the end that you could never understand why someone would do this to someone. Like, what actions would cause someone to do this? Yeah. It's called having a little penis. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) It's called being, being, yeah, it's called being insecure, a narcissist. He literally did not think once about you ever throughout that entire thing. Yeah. No. Ever. If intimacy was the only thing that could turn things around, let's face it, it was all about him. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It that, was, that's my take on that. I have some serious opinions about that. Let me just tell you, I went through an emotional roller coaster when I was first reading this. I was like, you heard everybody gasping. <laughs> it was the same thing. When I first read it, I was like, <gasps> no, you were talking about a, 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 no, a baby mama? Absolutely not. Uh, he's a senior in high school. So absolutely not. So young. Yeah. No. And she, he literally wasn't a part of this baby's life at all. No, that's so disgusting. Isn't that so gross? It's, what's disgusting is not the baby mama like that. What's disgusting no. is that he wouldn't mention it to her. Yeah. And what's disgusting is that he was completely absent and as a father. Like, absolutely. Like It's like, oh gosh. No, no. Dude, young love, man. It's just like. It's a. Everything. She did nothing wrong though. She no, wasn't no. being naive. It was all him. I'm just saying he is he a master was... manipulator. He manipulated the yeah. crap out of her. Literally mind blown by that. And I just want to mention to this girl because I'm sure she's listening that you're awesome. And I'm happy you found your so, happy ending. So awesome that your perspective is that it shaped you into the woman that you are and that you're grateful for the experience because. That's like, I guess I probably should have said that earlier is that like my other biggest takeaway from this is that I know that I'm a badass Yeah. and you should know that you're a badass. You should know that you go through something like that and you make it out okay and you take it and you turn it into an attitude like that. Yeah. That makes you a badass. Like you can do tough stuff. Seriously, I think that it's underestimated how dangerous relationships are with people like that. How completely they just literally don't care about you. Like how absolutely dangerous that was for you to be in a relationship like that and how awesome it is that you came out on the other end and you're okay. Yeah, and that you can say like, you know what? Like I'm going to take this and I'm going to I'm going to realize that I'm like awesome for it. Yeah. You know? Well, and that you can do hard things right. too cuz that was the number one thing when I was debating getting divorced is I can't do this just because I don't think I can emotionally, physically do this. Same. Oh, my like, gosh. I stayed a lot of the time that I was in that relationship, I think, just because I was too scared. So. I literally told my best friend when, we, when, when I knew it was time to separate, I told her, like, like I don't think I can do this, dude. I don't think I, I can. Tibby. <laughs> Tim, I love me Tim. some Tibby. I love her. I was like, I literally said to her, like, we were talking over FaceTime. I'm like, I can't do this. And she was like, no, dude, like, if I know, like, if, if there's anyone in my life that I actually think can get away with being a single mom, it's you. Yeah. And she, so that was a big thing, was that that day she, when she told me. And so mm-hmm. she really pushed me over the edge. I think it was good. But, but yeah, just, like, seriously, like, when you get to the other side, 
embracing the fact that you did something really um, significant. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. Okay, so I have two more stories, and then we'll get into the ones where we, like, actually get to give our opinions, which are super fun. So this one is another anonymous one. This one is also so wild to me. And the girls who messaged me, I'm like, Nuh-uh. no way that happened to you. No you're literally so smart. You're literally so, like, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. that just goes to show that it doesn't matter who you are. Narcissists can find you, <laughs> and they will hurt you. <laughs> Avoid men at all. God, no, I'm just kidding. I think that... Just from my experience, I think narcissists are going to try and go for people who are smarter because they know that if they can contain that that intelligence and that talent, that they benefit from that. Oh, absolutely. And if they can, and it feeds their own ego. If they can manipulate, a yep, totally. a challenge. If they can manipulate someone who they deep down think is better than them, then they've won. Okay, so this one is comes from someone who is one of literally one of the most stunning people I have ever met in my life. She's a yoga instructor. She owns a yoga studio. She is like so freaking cute. She has the cutest baby. She has the most beautiful house. Literally such a well put together person. So she sends me the story and I was literally shocked. Okay, so here it is. My ex-husband was a crazy narcissist heroin addict. He used to put other girls' numbers in his phone under the name of his therapist and tell me that he was talking to his therapist. Dude, pause. Nate did stuff similar to this. Yeah. Very, very similar. Like changing the name of the person you're talking to to make Absolutely. it so you don't get yeah, in trouble. But he would tell me that he wants his relationship and conversations with his therapist to stay private, which, oh, I mean, is, is fair. But also, it, listen, if someone tells you they're texting their therapist, I'm just going to say red flag. I don't, know, I, would, I don't know a single person who texts their therapist. No, Do you text your therapist? No. You call your therapist on the phone if you need them, and they make an appointment. Yeah. Ew. Also, just the, the faking... That, that is typical, like... Oh, absolutely. So I never actually questioned them or looked into anything. I just thought he was calling, texting his AA sponsors, his therapist, etc. Nope. Cheater. He also made me believe that anything I questioned him about or confronted him about made him do things. Because it put the idea in his head. Dude, this... Oh my gosh, I will die on this hill. I will die on this hill with you. Girl, this is absolutely unacceptable, and it happens a lot. Well, nobody in, in their right mind, that's what we're getting at here, but it's like, you asked me if I was cheating, and then it put the idea of cheating in my head, so now I've cheated. Dude, that is basic laws of narcissism right there. I'm so glad you're out, sis. And the guy that she's married to now, he's a homie. He's a homie. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. Do you have anything to say about that, Kennedy? Well, my I will just say my second marriage has been absolutely polar opposite of my first, and it's been definitely a lot better. So I Woo! can believe that when she says that it's a lot better. I feel like, you know, me and Sienna were talking about this before we started this, but I feel like when you get remarried or look for a relationship the second time after you've been divorced then you kind of know what boxes to check and which ones not to check, and you know what you're looking for and what you're not looking for. not to check heroin addicts. Yeah, no, let's not do that. Oh, good job. Gosh. <laughs> she decided not to check heroin addict this time. <laughs> let's not do that. Good job, girlfriend. 
Okay, so now the next stories that I got are a couple of dating stories. Or it's one dating story. But this one's wild. I feel like I have to read it because it's so crazy. It's literally so crazy. I actually got a lot of submissions, so I'm sorry if you sent me something and I'm not reading it. Um, but yeah, uh, this this one's crazy. And this girl's married now and has a baby and et cetera. So she's happy now. But this is a dating story. About three years ago, I met this guy at a church activity for single adults. We will call him Brad. I had just recently returned from serving a mission, an LDS mission, and upon conversation, found out that he served there as well, but not at the same time. We had similar interests and whatnot. Well, a few weeks later, he asked me on a date. It got to the day of, and he still hadn't told me a time or what the heck the plan was. I messaged him to see what was going on, and he was like, I'll be at your house in 20 minutes. Um, what? So I dropped what I was doing and made myself somewhat presentable. I didn't even get to eat because I still had no idea where we were, what we were doing. He showed up, greeted my mother since I was still living at home, and took us on our way. Nice. <laughs> the conversation on the car ride and pretty much the entire night was all about him. Anytime I tried to say something about myself or add to what he said, he would cut me off. It, if I happened to say something, he would just criticize it. I was getting very irked at this point. Well, we arrived at our destination. I found out that we were laser tagging. Fun, I guess. At least I didn't have to speak with him. <laughs> I thought we would just play a normal game or two, but boy, was I wrong. It was Unlimited Laser Tag Tuesday, and I shortly found out that Brad lives and breathes for the game. Brad knew, Brad knew, Brad knew every character name for each gun, all the hideouts in the arena, etc. He was very adamant that I wear a certain character vest. Like, bro, it's just a black vest. Then when the worker came in to divide us into teams, Brad got very picky. We got grouped with a few people who were not born athletes, and Brad threw a fit. I was so embarrassed. A little boy came up and said hi to me in the room and was telling me he was so excited to play because he had never done it before. It was very cute. This boy was probably six years old, and guess what? Brad threw a fit and said he couldn't be on our team. I finally stood up, it, up to him and said, he's a little boy. Knock it off. After five rounds, I was tired, annoyed, hungry, and wanted to go home. I told Brad I wanted a break. He told me to go sit in the waiting area, and he went in to play some more. The next I saw him, I told him, take me home. Everything about this guy was very off, but the cherry on top was a discovery I made on the car ride home. Remember how I said I met him at a young adult's activity and we served in the same mission i thought that i was in the safety net for the age of this man because the church activity had an age cutoff nope my mission my mission president had just gone home and i knew the name of the president before him i asked brad if that man was his mission president he said no and counted back three other presidents before the one i had mentioned they all serve for three years and missionaries serve when they're 18 or 19 you do the math. He was 33 freaking years old. That means I was literally six years old when he served on his mission. The age, the obsession with laser tag, and the disrespect made out for one of the worst dates of my life. An honorable mention goes to the dude whose first comment to me was, did you get the date piercing because you think it's cool or because you have the excuse of 
quote, migraines, and then proceeded to take my ice cream from my hand and throw it in the trash at the end of the date. What? Ew. Dude. Laser tag at 33? Like, but not just, like, laser tag at 33. But, like, you have to wear a certain vest. Like, laser tag at 33. Deathly serious laser tag. Beat six year olds at laser tag because it yes. makes me feel better. Yes. And this is actually, by the way, why I'm not married right After now. I've lied to someone about my age. 33 years old. She was six when, when he went was, on his mission. Oh my God. Like when he went on his mission, she Ew. was Ew. literally six years old. Guys, what? All right, so these are the ones where we could have our opinions. So let's get started on these ones. Am I the asshole for telling my fiance she's not the breadwinner if she's not footing the bills in front of our family and friends? My fiance and I moved in together shortly before we got engaged. Before we did, we discussed how we'd split the housework and bills 50-50 down the middle with some wiggle room for when the other needs help. When we moved, it was into her parents' two-story garage that they converted into basically an apartment. They offered a lower rent, 700 total, and pitch in for the electric and internet so we could save money for our own place and wedding. My fiancé earns more than me, and that's cool. I'm proud of her. Before we moved in together, also, can I just say, good on you, dude. Um, I'm happy that you're cool with your wife making more than you, fiancé, because some dudes are not. Um, before we moved in together, it was always, it always seemed like she was living paycheck to paycheck, and I chalked it up to her apartment she had Prior, having insanely high rent, she stuck to the 50-50 arrangement at first concerning bills, but she missed often, and I had to go remind her about it. Post-engagement, she's back to living paycheck to paycheck, either missing or very late with her part of the rent money. The two utilities we pay, groceries, late with her car payment. Her parents have talked to me multiple times about rent, and I've covered her missing portion to get us caught up and then trying to talk to her about it. It always turns into her saying we should just move if her parents are going to hound us. I told her we're lucky if it's her parents because anywhere else would have kicked our asses out by now. On top of that, I pay my own bills, do about 65% of the housework, arrange and pay for most of our dates and vacations, gifts for her, pay most towards our pets. I've suggested a financial coach, but what kicks me is whenever we're around others, she boasts about being the breadwinner since she earns more goes on about the stresses of being the main source of income, all the hours that she has to work to, quote, pay our bills. I was letting it slide until a few days ago we were at a get-together. She and her sister started up again about her being the breadwinner. Her her sister said something to the effect of her ex-boyfriend had a hard time being with someone who earned more, and my fiancé went, good thing, OP original poster, doesn't mind me bringing home the pay. I told her just because she earns more doesn't make her the breadwinner when she blows it all on herself and I'm paying most the bills. She's embarrassed now and keeps saying I made her look bad and got her into trouble with her parents because they want to see what she spends her money on each month. But I don't think I did anything wrong. Am I the asshole? No. No. I wouldn't say so. If she's gloating about it and saying, you know, I make the most money, so I... You know, and the breadwinner. No. And she doesn't pay the bills or help you pay the bills, even, you know, if that's the agreement. Then no, I wouldn't say you're the asshole. Literally, yeah, no. they agreed to it. And the, the term breadwinner, I mean, let's look at the term breadwinner. It means that you pay the bills. 
It means that you put food on the table. That's why it's called bread winner. Yeah. Yeah. Because it would be different had she not gloated about it. Right. Because, like, for example, Cameron is working right now. Cameron makes more than me. Okay. I'm on maternity leave right now. I'm not making any money because it's unpaid, which is unfortunate. But, like, he makes more than me. But I'm not sitting there gloating about, you know, he's not sitting there gloating about it, gloating about it, gloating about it. Yeah. Right. And then expecting me to, you know, assist with it or anything like that. Yeah. It's funny. You were mentioning that I think a lot of guys are sensitive to this, and I think they are. But what I think is interesting is that a lot of women, when, when it's not the traditional case, they talk about it more. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. I don't, like, in the traditional sense, I don't feel like guys go around and they're like, I'm the breadwinner. I make the most money. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's when it's quote-unquote abnormal in our right. society that, that you gloat about it. Like, right. I make more money than my husband does. Right. But even that, I'm sorry. I know that lots of people don't feel this way, but I don't want to make more money than my husband. <laughs> I want him to make, I don't want to do that work. I want him to do that work. Well, I, mean, I want to stay home with my babies. And it's like, it's like, which is also a lot of if work. she's going to gloat about yeah, it, what's is, the problem with him being honest about it? Yeah. So No. Yeah, if she wants to go around telling everyone their yeah. business, what's the issue with her being like, with she, him being like, no? Yeah, because she's like probably embarrassed because she knows she was wrong. And it's like... So there's an update. Ooh. Update. 11 p.m. last night, I was ready to postpone the engagement. As of this morning and after a lot of talking and things coming to light, we are broken up. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for your responses and input, especially those who encouraged me into looking deeper. Quick summary. She felt a joint account would impede her financial independence. She insisted we could afford her purchases based off our total incomes. Her parents were under the impression that she was also paying off my student loans, my car, my phone, and paying for our vacations. See, Which she wasn't. She lied. He's gonna tell the truth. Absolutely. Like, that's insulting. Oh my gosh, I I would feel the same way because she, she wasn't paying for anything. No. She didn't get evicted from her last apartment, but she was late with her rent often enough that they weren't going to renew her lease. I'm like so she didn't suggest us moving. I know, same. Moving to a bigger apartment at her at her building. Like, Biggest. Nope. I'm out. The monthly take home amount. She told me was what she earned before wage garnishment kicked in, in addition to mass debt. She's been doing some online stuff to make up for the money she lost due to that, which means she's in, like, crazy amount of... If they're garnishing her wages, she's in, like, crazy debt. Yes, I got the ring back. Again, thank you, everyone. But I will not be responding to any more comments. I'm going to take some time for myself and get this shit figured out. Good for you, dude. Oh, I'm sorry. You didn't say if you were a man or a woman, but... Yeah, I don't think you said, oh, no, it does mention that you're a man, but <laughs> I don't want to assume, but, dude. Uh-uh. Um, I'm actually going to read you two titles, and I want you guys to pick which one you want me to read, okay? So the first one is, would I be the asshole if I didn't go to my brother's wedding over a bridesmaid dress? And the other one is, am I the asshole for coming out at my sister's wedding? I, 29 male, am gay, and up until last week, I haven't told my family yet. I think my family always suspected, but never asked because being gay isn't really approved in our family. I have three sisters, 36 Michelle, 35 Julia, and 22 Annie. 
I have been dating Peter for a few months now, but haven't told my family yet. Aw. Michelle got married last week. During the receptions, lots of people were making toast, including my father. He said something along the lines of, I finally have my first son-in-law, and hopefully I will soon have two more. Maybe someday even a daughter-in-law, if sissy pants here, mans up and gets a girlfriend. Everyone laughed except Julia. After the toast and before dinner, Julia came over to me and asked if I was okay. I was sad, and I didn't hide it all that well. I said, I'm fine. Dad's comment just bugged me. She said to try and let it go for now, and I did. During dinner, there were many tables, and my immediate family was at one. My father started asking me if I have a girlfriend already, if I will give him grandkids, etc. I brushed it off. Then Michelle, who just came by the table to ask my mom something, said, Well, Cam, I can hook you up with a bridesmaid if you want, unless you're, you are wired the wrong way. Julia rolled her eyes. Then my mom said to her, maybe you should have that girl, talking about the bridesmaid, come over here. He needs to be with a woman at this age. I just lost it. And I said, actually, mom, I'm gay. The whole table went silent. Some other people heard too. And Michelle started crying, saying I ruined her wedding with my awful confession. Most of my family says I am the asshole for saying it then. Julia is on my side and said she is perfectly fine with me being gay, and if our family didn't want to hear it, they should have stayed quiet. Am I the asshole for ruining Michelle's wedding? Okay, wait. Is Michelle the one who said... Michelle's the bride, and Michelle was like, you should bring that bridesmaid over here because he needs to be with a woman at his age. Okay. She's the bride. Okay. She's 35 years old. I have a serious problem with people bringing up sexuality and not being like you're going to talk about someone's sexuality in public and not be okay with what they decide to say about it in public. I have a, I have a hard time with that. Yeah. yeah, like if you're literally asking someone about their sex life, she literally said, unless you're wired the wrong way. I absolutely hate that. Who said that? <laughs> the that sister. Michelle? Or the other sister. Let me, let me go back. No, I hate that. I think it was Michelle who said that. That's so... If, it, if that was Michelle, I'm like, absolutely not. You are not the asshole. I mean, I already don't think you're the asshole. No, I wouldn't say the, the asshole. Yeah, Michelle said that. Absolutely not. No. Absolutely not. I think it was just brought no, up Michelle out of the is blue. the asshole. Michelle is 100% the asshole. Yeah. Their whole family's the asshole. Yeah. Yeah. Dad was in on it. Mom was in on it. Like, you're going to give a public yeah. toast about how you hope one day that your son gives you grandkids? Absolutely not. No. Freak no. You were asking for it. So the, so the top comment I think is interesting. It says, not the asshole. Oh, dear gosh. I'm going to say gosh because Mormon over here. <laughs> you did not come out at her wedding. You were literally pushed into a corner until you snapped. Julia sounds like a great sister. I want to add that I think the family suspected original poster was gay because of their phrasing and comments. They were oddly specific. They basically set him up for this and are blaming him for it. Absolutely. And what I just can't even believe what Michelle said about being wired wrong. That's so not okay. I don't understand. And I'm not going to open the soapbox. I won't. But I don't understand when people like take ages and they have like timelines for the ages like that. And then, like, like you said, like, setting him up, they're setting him up for failure. It's like they were asking for it. 100%. Literally, everyone in his family, other than Julia, was, like, attacking him over it. That's so ridiculous. No. Like, 
That's ridiculous. They were asking for him to come out. Literally. Literally asking. And by the way, like, good for you for coming out. Yeah, good for you. I'm proud of you. And you absolutely should be with Peter and be with Peter in front of your family. Listen, just pull, invite him to the wedding, (laughs) pull him on the dance floor and plant one on him. Say, you know what? I will give you grandkids (laughs) with this man here. We'll figure it out. Science exists. Like, seriously, people are so nuts about this stuff. It blows my mind. Also, crazy brides. I'm just going to say to Michelle's husband, (laughs) red flags everywhere. Dude. Red flags everywhere. Anyways, that's the episode, you guys. (laughs) I hope you found it interesting. I hope you still think I'm funny. (laughs) I hope I can stop being so insecure about this. Um, and I'm super glad that I got to do this. Um, I know this one was a heavy episode, but with uh, all the divorce talk and relationship talk, but I wanted to end on a lighter note with some funnier stories, um, that weren't so deep. Anyways, see you guys next week. Bye.